Here's a question for you. How many major film dramas, including top-end TV series, are currently being shot here at the moment? Eight, I don't know, maybe 12? Not even close. By our reckoning, there are more than 30, from overseas productions like James Cameron's Avatar sequels and Tyker's Time Bandits, to TV hits like Brokenwood Mysteries, Creamery and Panthers. Simon Morris with his story. There's never been a better time, it seems, to be a New Zealand actor or film crew member. There's a boom going on. New films from Lee Tamahori and Christine Jeffs, international shoots like Power Rangers and Minecraft, and above all, TV shows reflecting the fact that many of these are being snapped up overseas. Well, producer Phil Smith is part of that boom coming off the hit series One Lane Bridge and with a new series, Dry Creek, about to shoot in Kaikoura. Hey, Phil, how are you? Very well, thank you, Simon. We did a bit of digging, and it seems there are nearly 30 major film and TV projects shooting now, or about to shoot now. Can that be true? Well, it's funny, because we actually did some similar research, and you're absolutely correct, and good on you for finding that out, because it's probably the most exciting time in uh, film and television making history in New Zealand, and not many people have actually realised that this is about to happen the next 12 months. As a Kiwi, you'd probably have to have your head in a rabbit hole if you don't actually see a film set operating somewhere uh, from the far north to the deep south. And we're not even including short films or low-budget series or video shoots. These are all top-end things, aren't they? It's just so exciting on so many levels because, you know, here's a wonderful creative industry full of IP. It's low impact on the environment. It's everyone getting jobs, it's spending money within our economy and then sending uh, the product offshore. Yeah, exciting for everyone. I mean, the shows that are getting the high publicity, of course, are things like James Cameron's Avatar sequels and last year the Rings of Power series. But a lot of these titles are truly homegrown and paid for, aren't they? I mean, you mentioned the fact that this is New Zealand IP. That's right. I think a lot of attention is on tier A that are those really big ones. But in fact, 28 of these productions are still very highly funded uh, television shows that are being made here at RIP and going out to the world. And it's kind of a collision of circumstances that has led to this, this boom. And as a result, we are just seeing shows being shot everywhere. And like we've had streamers proliferate and uh, there are more and more platforms arriving in the world and humans are consuming so much more visual story by sitting at home and looking at streaming. And then we've got the premium fund for the last two years has funded you know, up to a dozen dramas. That's added to it. Then you've got uh, the traditional funders like New Zealand On Air and the tax rebate system. And then you've got the Tiker effect. So you put all those four together and suddenly we've got this massive stable of drama being produced in New Zealand. How many of these projects, um, we're talking TV series, local films, and also overseas co-productions, how many of them are actually paid for by New Zealand money, and how much of it is imported money, if you like? Co-productions like um, One Lane Bridge was one of those, wasn't it? That's right. It's, It's a mix, and it's a real amazing challenge for producers. And you know, there's been comments that New Zealand business is soft and all that, but boy, New Zealand producers, New Zealand companies, they are tough and they're out there in the world achieving these amazing commissions. Often it's a mixture of local money mixed with international money. Every production is different, has a different finance model, but it, it, it's a mix. 
some are being fully funded by international companies who are coming in here and spending all that money. Others are being funded through grants from the more traditional areas like New Zealand on the air and SPIG. So, mm. you know, it's, it's a very healthy mix. This boom, I mean, is this a thing that's happening all over the world as the effects of COVID start oh. dying away? Oh, look, you can't build studios fast enough in Australia. You can't book a studio in Australia. In Sydney, uh, it's out of the question. You know, the Gold Coast, you'd have to join a queue. Um, all the reality shows in Australia that they just churn out can't get themselves into the Sydney studios at the moment because there's so much drama being shot. You know, we're just seeing a natural increase in drama commissioning around the world. They estimate it increases 25% year on year because as more platforms emerge, you know, Mm. we've got Peacock and Paramount and we're going to have Warner's Discovery entering the market next year. And so they all require drama because what most broadcasts have found is that drama drives people to their platforms. People don't go there to watch reality shows. They go there to watch a drama and have and watch a story. And so the, the demand for it is, is amazing. I mean, this is the thing that I think people tend to forget because when you look at, if you like, linear TV, it's all reality TV shows, it's cooking shows, it's travel shows. But all of the other ones, you know, Netflix, Amazon, and the ones that you mentioned... It's just wall-to-wall drama from around the world. To what extent is New Zealand tied up with that? It is. You're right. It's a golden age. And you see even Hollywood actors, they don't mind. Kate Winslet, she loves being a mayor of East Town. But New Zealand broadcasters, they know that they're in a transitional period and they know that they're building their online platforms. And they also know that drama drives people to their online platforms. So they're pivoting as well. And so you're seeing free-to-wear probably being driven a lot by reality and elimination shows and all of that. But at the same time, those networks know that within their transition, they have to be looking at drama. I think it would surprise a number of uh, New Zealanders just how successful some New Zealand titles have been. I know that One Lane Bridge and Broken Word, Broken Red Mysteries are famously, you know, popular overseas. Well, I think just just to quickly address that, I've really got to tip your hat to Brokenwood, and I think a lot of New Zealanders look at film and and they're wondering how many people have seen that film. And, you know, recently you discussed Moon Tuesday, a terrific film, and and the challenges it has in the box office. But if you want to see New Zealand on air around the world, Brokenwood is a phenomenon. It is sold into so many countries. It's incredible. I could imagine that it could be 100 million people might see a series. That's how big it is. It's sold everywhere. One Lane Bridge is in like 25 countries, but it's in America, the UK, it's on Arte in France, Scandinavia, Germany. It's incredible. And so these shows are, are being made in New Zealand. It showcases us to the world. And there are other examples. There's a series like Good Grief, which is a much fresher show that's on AMC and doing really well in the States. And for that team to be on AMC at such a sort of young stage in their careers, what a terrific achievement. But to have that AMC audience broadcasting to all of America, it's fantastic. So there's, there's many examples. Because the appetite for drama is so high in terms of streamers need it, they're looking worldwide. So, you know, there's only a couple of thousand dramas made in the first world every year. And so they need to get their hands on it because they need content. And so 
are they looking in New Zealand? Have you got a drama? Can we acquire that and put that on our platform? So there's a huge appetite. I wonder if there's a difference between um, how TV shows like A Broken Word and One Lane Bridge are being marketed overseas compared to our feature films. I mean, you know, our feature films tend to be very locally orientated, whereas these TV shows, they are shot in New Zealand, but they've got much more classic universal storylines. Yeah, they probably are more commercial because they can be more commercial. I think that uh, the Film Commission funds their projects based on what their mandate is and and through legislation, what they're looking for to grow cultural identity as well as entertain people. That's something that they'll always be considering. And I think we're going to see a new generation in the Film Commission. There's a new chairman going in, there's, there's a new CEO going in. And I think their focus will be to get bigger audiences and to look to entertain. But for us, yes, we are more commercial. We're thinking about very broad audiences. The people that we make shows for, they need big audiences. They need eyeballs. It has to be loud. So it's really working in kind of a different part of the industry, but both exciting. Phil, I have to say that you're making the South Island work very well for you at the moment. Yeah, well, I think, like I was saying earlier, you're going to see drama shot everywhere in New Zealand, from the far north, Auckland, Whakatane even. Wellington Christchurch is emerging as a really interesting place. John Barnett's going in there with the drama soon. Queenstown under the Vines, One Lane Bridge. So we took drama out of Auckland and brought it to Queenstown a few years ago with One Lane Bridge. And when it first went to air, it was the most watched drama, I think, in, in a decade in New Zealand. And I think it's because Kiwis wanted to see something outside of Ponsonby Road, and they just Loved it. So, yeah, I think we're seeing all of the creatives now thinking outside of Auckland and thinking how can we utilise all of this amazing landscape and stories we can tell in New Zealand. I think Dry Creek is actually breaking new grounds because I'm fairly sure that there's never been a major TV series set in Kaikoura before. We're really seriously excited about this. And for the people of Kaikoura, like, I think they kind of realise that having a show that's going to screen both locally and internationally, that show is, is being made in conjunction with Endeavour Media uh, in the USA. Endeavour Media, they're, they're a big deal, aren't they? They're absolute premium. Night Manager, Killing Eve, they, they are very selective. And so, you know, what they will choose to do with this is fantastic, but it's also fantastic for all of us because that is Taikura, which is an absolutely stunning place to shoot, being broadcast around the world. You know, the film dollar has got such a positive net result on our economy. I think our industry has a responsibility now to sort of educate politicians a little bit more and to get them away from visiting a forestry with a hard hat on. You know, we need to get them onto film sets and explain to them just how valuable the dollar is and to explain to them that tax rebates don't go offshore. All of the tax rebates actually spent in New Zealand and this is a really healthy dollar to spend within this economy. There's an invitation to any politician who wants to see not a soft company but a tough company uh, working, they should come out and start to embrace our industry just like I feel they should embrace gaming and other intellectual property enterprises.
must be fairly hard for uh, local producers like yourself to try and get a crew together with all these other shoots going on. Well, obviously no one in the film sector is complaining because, you know, there's so much work. We are all in a highly competitive situation. So, yeah, there's a little bit of a scramble. That's healthy competition. But at the same time, we've got to be asking ourselves if this is sustainable. Like, we have got a boom, but we have to make the boom sustainable because we are now like a multi-billion dollar industry. So are we training up enough people? Do we need a Minister of Entertainment who's looking after all of this? And are we training enough people so we're sustainable, so that we have 30 dramas every year coming out of New Zealand? And you can train your um, teenager to work on a film set and, you know, they could be a gaffer and they could have a career for life. Making these creative industries sustainable would be an incredible goal. So finally, I mean, if you had one request for the government, do you think that might be it, to have a cabinet minister responsible for that whole screen area? Yes. Like, Singapore did that. It said they can't have forests and all that, so they focused on intellectual property 20 years ago and set up a media authority that's now worth billions of dollars. And so we need to be thinking more about how do we promote our smartness and our intellectual property rather than chopping down the tree, putting it on a ship, sending it somewhere else, and then people creatively overseas turn it into a chair and sell it for $1,000 the price. Here, what we should be doing is taking all of this creativity, producing it locally, and then shipping it offshore. So, yes, I think that we should be looking at these sectors. Creative thinking from our politicians, we're all for it. Producer Phil Smith talking with Simon Morris. The third series of One Lane Bridge is scheduled to play later this year. Well, Phil's latest show, Dry Creek, set in Kaikoura, will start shooting next month.